0: Welcome to the Christian Life Austin Sunday Morning Message. Today's sermon is The Hesitant Warrior by lead pastor Rex Johnson. My subject today is warrior. We're talking about warrior. Today is Pentecost Sunday. And today the church learned for the first time on the day of Pentecost what it meant. To have something in your life except your own will and your own spirit. The church was endowed by the Spirit of God on the day of Pentecost. And they realized what a joy it was to not have to walk through this life just by themselves. They could have a companion spirit called the Holy Spirit inside of them. Aren't you glad the Holy Ghost resides in our hearts and our lives today? Aren't you happy? Isn't it an awesome thing? Come on, clap your hands. There's nothing like God saying, I'm not going to be with you. I'm going to be in you. And I'm going to live with you the rest of your life. What a joy. What a joy. Amen. Thank you, Brother Kirk. Let me preach a little bit. We're in the second week of a series called Warrior. And I would wonder today, do we have any warriors in the house? Five of you. That's good. All right, ladies, warrior princesses. Do we have any warrior princesses in the house? Wow. You warriors with your bored faces. That's totally unacceptable. I'm going to do it again. And if you have that same response, I'm going to call you warrior pansies. There's nothing worse than a passive warrior. Is there any warriors in the house today? Better. that's better That sound like willie wallace's boys william wallace's boys you meet a guy and he gives you that dead fish handshake you'll answer to god one day man for that dead fish you kill something in your handshake there's nothing worse than a passive warrior than a hesitant man of god and many of you you're very aggressive and very powerful and faith-filled in areas of your life but when it comes to to some of the areas that God has called you to, to excel in. You become passive and hesitant. So today's message is the hesitant warrior. We're gonna talk about the hesitant warrior today. Judges chapter 6, verse 11 and 12, verse 11 first says, The angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak at Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Abizzarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. To keep it from the Midianites. Now here's the context. Gideon is a warrior. But he wasn't acting like one. Because the Midianites were evil people. And they came down upon the Israelites at certain times of the year. After Israel had planted and watered and cultivated the crops. And when the crops came in, Midian would come out of the hills. Steal all the crops. Take them away. And all the work that was done by the Israelites was taken away from them before they got the harvest in. And they were scared. The Israelites were scared of them, and and, and Gideon was afraid. And he, he made mention we don't have what it takes to defeat these guys. So he was hiding in the middle of a cave. We called it a wine press, but he was hiding there, protecting what he had, not protecting his people. In fact, he had surrendered himself to this thought that we will always be under the hand of the Midianites. And so God spoke to him in verse 12. He said, The angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he said, The Lord is with you, man of valor, or mighty warrior. Say, Warrior. Warrior. The Lord is with you, warrior. Say, Mighty Warrior. Gideon didn't look like it, but the Lord called him a mighty warrior. When God looks at a man, guys and ladies, he doesn't see what the man sees. But he sees what the man can become. Man will often say, well, I'm here in this life and this is all I'm ever going to do. But God doesn't look at you and see what you see. But instead he often sees what you can do for him. Jesus and Pete had this this encounter one day and Peter was named Simon at that time. And Simon's name means simply a reed. A reed, a reed shaken, a reed blown, a reed moved by a wave. A reed was very, very movable, very, very uh, influenced by anything that it touched. And Jesus looked at him, looked at him before he had done all the mighty deeds that Pete did. Jesus looked at him and said, you'll no more be called Simon. You're going to be called Cephas. You're going to be called Peter. Your name means rock. Rock. And from that moment, from that moment, Peter became rock because Jesus saw in him what others and what Peter himself didn't see in himself. And years later, Peter became the name Jesus called him because Jesus saw something in him that he didn't see in himself. And the Lord said to Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. You're a mighty warrior. People may say, you don't look like a warrior in areas of your life. And God says, I'm not just looking at what others see. I'm looking at what I put inside of you. Gentlemen, I want you to repeat after me. Say, I have have the heart heart of a warrior. warrior. Exodus says in 15 and three, if you want to proof text it, the Lord is a warrior. Say, "The the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. You were created, folks, in the image, men, of God. Part of the image of God is the heart of a warrior. What do we know about a warrior? We learned last week that every warrior has a cause to fight for. Say, I need a cause. What was Gideon's cause? It was very obvious. You're going to save Israel out of the hands of the Midianites. This was your cause. Every man has a cause. If we're not fighting for the right cause, though, we will end up fighting for the wrong cause. And that's when we get stupid We become rebellious against authority because we're fighting the wrong battle. And instead of becoming a spiritual warrior, we become a dangerous warrior. So I want you to say with me, every warrior has a cause to fight for. Say it with me. God sees something in me that I don't even see in myself. Wow. Everybody say we are becoming... Now, here's a foundational thought for today. I call it refrigerator thoughts. Put this on your refrigerator for the next week. You ready? Every warrior, at least occasionally, fears failure. Say it. Every warrior, warrior. at least occasionally, fears failure. Warriors wonder, wait a minute. Do I have what it takes? Even confident appearing, cocky, pompous acting warriors. They're the ones most likely to have the most insecurity in their life. They put up a false front, but deep down they're wondering, do I really, really have what it takes to get the job done? People who don't know me well, and many people think they do, they may say, well, Pastor Rex, you appear really confident every Sunday. You appear confident every time you see. The truth of the matter is, and I'm just getting honest with you, because that's what pastors have to do. I fear failure. I do. It's not a driving force in my life. It's really not. But it's in my mind just being real. I met with three men the other day. We sat at lunch and I just wanted to do some dreaming with men that I feel are dreamers in their life. And a lot of things sound great on paper. But will it make it through the lag times? Will it make it through the down times? I don't want ideas and ideals to fail and none of us do. Every warrior I believe fears failure to some extent. Gideon, God says, hey, I want you to go deliver my people, but in verse 15, but Lord, Gideon asked, how could I save Israel? My clan were the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least of my family. Why is it that so men are afraid of failure? To us, I'm going to tell you why. Failure is so personal. We tend to internalize it. As men, we typically don't say, well, I failed something externally. And if we fail something external, we tend to make it internal and we think I'm a failure. You see, it feels very final to us. Failure feels very absolute. Many of us have this statement, I can't lose at something. There's something inside of me that says, I must win, or else I can't ever remember, I can't ever remember keeping a second place trophy in my life. I hope that don't make you mad. I hope that p- fires you up. I brought a second place trophy home one time from a golf tournament and my wife said, wow, baby, you won. I said, it's going in the trash. Because second place, you know, Ricky Bobby's daddy taught him, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> you, know, you know that's a scripture reference, you know, don't you? <laughs> Do you know in the Olympics that the second place the silver medal winners? crucialize more than the bronze place winners, third place. Do you know the silver place winners that don't win many times have nerve problems that affect them for years and years because they didn't quite get there? People that don't compete for maybe the top prize, if you're fifth, sixth, or seventh, it don't really matter. But men that really stress and that really go for it, warriors have this thing that if I can't win many times, I just don't want to fight. And most guys are like that. We don't want to play if we can't win. And so that's why if a man struggles in his career, he doesn't just say, well, I'm just having an off time. And, you know, really not, I don't really know really what I really want to do. If his family's struggling, he doesn't go, well, it's just a bad gene in my family. And what he's saying is I'm a failure as a dad. And he internalized it because we believe our worth is based on our accomplishments. That's how men look at it. Believe it or not, if we're accomplishing, we feel good about ourselves. But if we don't, we feel incredibly, incredibly insecure, and that's the way it goes in life. I'm not getting a lot of amens, and so it's all right, I'm gonna teach anyhow. Every one of us seek accomplishment. Seeking accomplishments, we fear failure. It's all through the Bible. It's all in the book. And we're not any different in 2014. It's deeply entwined in our hearts. Take this note down. This is for men of God. This is for those who are spirit-filled warriors of God. Write this down. Here's my refrigerated material. When a warrior fear of failure, when a warrior's fear of failure, it exceeds his faith in God, he becomes hesitant. He becomes hesitant. The hesitant warrior is always vulnerable. In the New Testament, Pete's in a boat with 11 other disciples. and Jesus is walking on the water on a windy, windy night, a storm-tossed wave night, and he's coming, and Pete looks out there, and he says, Lord, Lord, if that's you, bid me come to you. Can I do that? And Jesus said, you can do that. Now, folks, I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine this. Peter, if the Bible is right, walked on the water. Anybody here ever done that? I used to have a man that I pastored that said that was his desire in life, to walk on the water because he wanted to match Pete. But I'm telling you, when God allows you to go out and do things that are extravagant and do things that are mighty in your life and become a mighty dad and become a mighty warrior and become a mighty Christian, you're walking on water. You hear me? You're doing what Pete did. Pete was just doing something to show you that you could be something. And Peter gets out of the boat and he starts walking on the water and he looks at Jesus and he's coming to Jesus. And all of a sudden, his fear of failure overcame him and it exceeded his faith in what he was coming to and he started sinking. And the Bible said when he started sinking, he said, Lord, save me. And the Lord picked him up and carried him back and put him back in the boat. Here's what I want to tell you. There's a lot of men in this church service right now this morning that feel like you're sinking in some of your abilities. You're going down because your fear of failure is greater than your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I will tell you this, that God who made you did not make you to fail in life. He did not make you to quit in life. He did not make you to say, I surrender in life. He made you a warrior. The Bible said, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If he started something in you, he's able to complete that, that he started in your life. Finish. so our insecurities, our fear of failure are exceeding our faith in Christ and we become hesitant men in this world. And that's why in some areas of your life, some of you are sinking. I know a lot of you great young men in this church. You want to be married one day, but you're hesitant. You see this beautiful girl, you want to ask her out because you have fear of rejection. That's what I'm preaching about today. God, what is she seeing me? Well, nothing right now. The way you're acting. Fear of failure blocks your progress. I know some of you guys that are dating some of the most awesome women around here, but you can't commit. You know why? Because one of your buddies got a divorce one time. And you don't think you have what it takes to hold a marriage together. And so because you're afraid of failure, and it's greater than your faith in Christ, you're a hesitant, passive man in life. Amen? Amen. You sit by the locker waiting for somebody to come by and say, Would you take me out? That's the way I used to be, standing by the locker. And I'd say, Oh, God, that's a pretty girl. I'd like to see and be with her. And wow. But I don't have what it takes. I don't have letters on my jacket. I don't have this big old honking body. My hair was already thinning in high school. And the first place girls would look was up my head. And I don't know how many times I wanted to go down and get a wig. A long one, like three dog night. And then one day something happened in my world. Somebody wrote a note. Somebody wrote a note and signed it when I was in my second year of college and put it on my windshield. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what all it said, but I will tell you this. She said, You're the best looking guy in this class. And I said, Who wrote this? She said, I would like to have a date with you. Who wrote this? Put it on my 63 Chevrolet, three on the column, six cylinder. I didn't have the muscles, I didn't have the car, I didn't have the power. But she saw something she liked And I wanted to find out who she was Because there was somebody that liked me And something turned me Something moved me Something shaped in my life And I said you know what I am likable I am lovable I do have something in me And my faith in God got greater than my fear of failure And that's what I'm trying to preach to you today You've got to understand That you are a lovable person You're a lovable entity And God has a future for everybody In this house today Don't let fear of failure Override your faith in God Wow Wow Wow, 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 wow. You know, it's an awesome thing, this thing of passiveness and hesitancy. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to preach a little bit right now. I'm going to change gears. Ladies, can we talk for a minute? Now, here we go. I've let you alone for a sermon and a half, but i am fixed to preach to you. Any princes warriors in the house? All right, you got an ear here? What the spirit's saying to you? Your role in your warrior's life is bigger than you could ever imagine. It's so big because in so many ways he's becoming more and more every day what you think about him, not what God thinks about him, not what a pastor thinks about him. But about what you think about your warrior. You show me a courageous, godly man. And more than many times or not, there's a praying, encouraging, greater wife nearby. You show me someone who's grown passive and hesitant. And almost every time you'll see a woman who said, You're not any good at this, you're not dependable, you're not faithful. I can't count on you. You're never going to amount to anything. You always blow it. Because in so many ways, ladies, he's becoming what you see in him. Did not the book say woman shall have power over the man? I'll explain it to you this way. If I'm good at what I do, one of the reasons is because I have a woman and a wife called Patty Joyce Jones Johnson. She knows me better than you know me. She knows me better than I know me. Now that's scary. And if she believes in me. She knows me better than you do. I think to myself. I must have what it takes in this life. But if the woman that knows me better than anyone else. Doesn't believe in me. Then I think to myself. I must not have what it takes. And I become hesitant. I'll explain it to you like this ladies. 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 If this is true, most women say it is. What do you need most from the man that you love? Do you need somebody that loves you? Do you need somebody that cherishes you? Do you need value every day? Do you see, like yesterday, see yesterday, this man that you're living with, maybe he was the man. Maybe he was the dude. Maybe he had the leather jacket. And maybe he was an athlete. And maybe he had the muscles. And maybe he had the car. And maybe he had hair. And all that stuff. And he had a few freckles at the right place. And he unloaded the dishwasher. And he did non-sexual touching to you. And some of you guys don't even know what that is. I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. (laughs) He helped with the kids' bath when the kids were born. And he got up nights to feed the babies. And he was all over everything. And he got all these points yesterday. And the problem is with women, all of those points accumulate, men. They evaporate at midnight. I need some warriors to help me right now. It's the funkiest thing. They go away. It's like no rollovers. And when it starts, a man starts thinking, but wasn't I good yesterday? Didn't I do good? She says, I don't care about yesterday. I wonder, do you love me today? And a guy says, well, I told you three weeks ago I loved you. And if things changed, I would let you know. But she said, do you love me today? Now, i got to ask you, women, is that fairly accurate? (laughs) And here's what a guy wants to know. He doesn't want to know, do you cherish me today? A guy doesn't want to know, do you love me? Can we go get a cherry limeade together? (laughs) He's a warrior. Okay? He wants to know this. He wants to know, do you believe in me? Do you respect me? Do you admire me? Do you believe in the man that I am? And now some of you sadly will say, well, I really don't do that anymore to you. Can I say this? You did it one time or you wouldn't have married him. Or either you didn't know what you was doing when you walked to the altar. (laughs) Why do you not admire him today? Here's a statement that's going to make the whole message. You ready? It's not going to be on the screen. I put wow. Could it be? Maybe you ladies have been speaking the life out of your husband for so many years. He doesn't have any left. If there's anything in our lives, in our homes that needs to turn around, men need to quit being hesitant warriors. And women need to start telling their man that God has put them in their life. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. And that they still matter. And that men, even though they're emaciated on television and emaciated in the movies, they still count in a Christian home. And they're still a part of the kingdom of God. And they still count in the family. And fathers and husbands still matter in life. Can I preach a little to you? Do you admire me? Do you respect me? Do you honor me? Do you believe in me today? That's all. That's all a man wants to know. Because when my wife does, I think I'm better than I am. Like, wow. (laughs) Me and Patty got this thing going on. When my wife, three weeks ago, my wife gave me a compliment just out of the blue. And tears started running and she knows exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not going to tell you. You know, Elijah got a cake baked for him one day and went on the strength of it 40 days. If Patty never says anything to me in the next six months, I will preach... I will pastor, I will father, I will husband. I will be a good man of God. I'll be a priest in my home. I'll be the man that God's called me to be. I'll look at challenges and say, what? You're challenging me? I'll step over it, I'm like Mahaney, I've walked over bigger getting to the fight. Because a woman spoke something into my world And I promise you folks I promise you lady princesses You've got the power You've got the power in your vocals You've got the power in your mouth To lift your man or cause your man to be more hesitant Why don't you start speaking life in the home again Amen Hey, hey Some women gonna preach a little? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to get on you I'm preaching about warriors and princes warriors Some women have read books Too many books And you see that what a a real spiritual man ought to be. You know, he ought to fast every other day and he ought to read his Bible an hour every morning and call the family for prayer for an hour and a half at night and give family Bible studies. I want to tell you something, ladies. It probably ain't going to happen. I got somebody's attention over here. (laughs) It's probably not going to happen. But, you know, you go to him and say, you know, you hadn't prayed an hour with us in a long time. It may not happen. I'm trying to help you guys. It may not happen. But if he's ever bowed his head at the table in the last six months and said, you know, I'd like to say grace tonight. God is great. God is good. And we thank him for this food. And by his hands, we must be fed. Give us this day our daily bread. Amen. He takes a deep breath because it took him a lot to get that out. And you look at him... And you say, baby, that just turns me on to hear you pray like that. (laughs) Hang on. And he says, let's go have that hour prayer meeting. You know what I'm saying? I can't tell you how quick you will make him a warrior. Speak encouragement, speak life, speak hope, speak dreams. Speak honor. Speak blessing. Speak courage. Hallelujah. 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 When you let him become the man of God that God created him to be, he will exceed your greatest expectations in whatever you hope that he could be in life. Because deep down, guys, I got to tell you, we're all insecure. We cover it sometimes with superiority in the way we dress, and the way we drive, and the house we live in. But we all have our own phobias. i never forget hearing the story. I, I used, to, used to follow Burt Reynolds. A lot of people thought I looked like him. <laughs> I'm teasing. I am teasing. I'm not that confident. I'm teasing. But I followed him, and he said he used to drive by. He was a football player at Florida State. He said he used to drive by homes. In Hollywood, and see these gated communities, and he said, "One day I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to have what those people have. I'm going to have all the money. Going to have all the fame. Going to have all the women. Going to have anything I want. I'm going to live in one of those houses one day. And I'm not going to have this mindset and this inner depravity. And I'm not going to have all this stuff in me. I'm going to be that one day." And he said, when he got there and he started making Hollywood films and started making money, he bought one of those big houses. Got a big gate got some nice cars and he said the first night he sat down the first night he sat down he said he was more lonesome then than he'd ever been in his life and more insecure then because he said how can I maintain what I have accomplished in life because men basically fight a lot of insecurities in life and so I'm just trying to preach the gospel to you here's the third thing I want you to write down This is bulletin board material. This is also refrigerator stuff. A warrior empowered by God has what it takes. Can I get a right hand from the men and say amen, pastor? In verse 14, God says to Gideon, Gideon, go in the strength that you have. What he's saying is, when it looks like it's in an impasse in your life and you're not going to get to where you want to get in this life and you're not going to make that challenge and you're not going to make that paved road and you're going to stay on the dirt roads and have stop signs and red lights for a little bit longer. He said, don't give up. Go in the strength that you have. In the book of Revelation, the Lord told one of the churches, he said, you have a little strength left. You have some strength left in you. Put your strength into everything you do. Put your strength into being a good Christian man. Put your strength into being a good man that communicates with his family. Put your strength into being a good husband to your wife. Put your strength into being the kind of student that you want to be. Put your strength into it. Give it everything you have. If you're a ball player, put your strength. Give it all you've got. Give it everything you have. Because when you go in your strength, God says, I'm going to send you out and I'm going to bless you. He said, draw your sword, Gideon, and go. You've got what it takes. Don't listen to every other voice. When you take your eyes off of him, the voices say, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not sharp enough. You're not fast enough. You're not a good enough leader. You need to say, shut up, voices. I'm not listening to those thoughts of doubt. I still am walking on water because I'm still looking at Jesus Christ. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And I'm just... I'm listening to what he says about me and he told me that I can go in the strength that I have. Gentlemen, you have what it takes. So I wrote these words. If he calls you, believe it. Embrace it. Step into it. You have the intellect. You have the desire. You have the willpower. You have the self-discipline. You have the strength. You have the courage. You have the stamina. You have the resources. And guess what, guys? Whenever you don't and whatever you lack... Here's what's beautiful. His strength is made perfect in your weakness. But you got to get up and you got to go forth and you got to be not a hesitant, passive warrior because you have what it takes inside of you. Let me close. Let me close. Everybody say, by his power. We will, we will win. Now, here's something you guys need to look to and say, ah. You need to have an aha moment, one of these epiphanies. You're not fighting a war. You probably couldn't win a war today by yourself, but you can win a battle. Somebody said, Pastor, I've been addicted for a long time, I just can't go cold turkey but you can live today. Everybody say, God God gives strength strength for for today. It didn't say he gave strength for tomorrow. Oh, I'm fixing to preach right now. He gives strength for today. And when you get up in the morning, you say, Lord, I can't whip the war of addiction. I can't throw these drugs away. I can't throw this improper mindset and this, 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 this video mind that keeps running on women 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 and all these improper things i can't stop it it's a war but you can get up today and say i'm going to go forth because god will give me strength for and if i can make it today i won that battle and if i get up tomorrow and fight again tomorrow i might win that battle again tomorrow and before you know it i can conquer all of austria Before you know it, I can conquer my flesh. Before you know it, I can win this thing. I'm telling you right now, you've got to get up every day and say, Today, today, God will give me enough strength for today. Some of you, you're like me. You need to lose about 40 pounds, such, plus. And I didn't do this as an illustration last night, but I went to the, went to the refrigerator last night because dinner just wasn't quite enough. Yeah. Patty always has a little sweet stuff, you know, a little, she didn't have any last night. And I opened the refrigerator and way back there in the back was a half of a half gallon of bluebell ice cream. And I looked at it. I'm not trying to be spiritual. I looked at it and I said, I want you. Can you come out? <laughs> My wife was falling out. And I shut the door without any blue bell. Listen, no, 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 no. We're not gonna have a shout over Bluebell. But I shut the door on Bluebell and I said, Patty, I won. Later when Patty went back to the shower to get ready for bed, I come by the refrigerator again and I just patted on the freezer door and I say, rest in peace, baby. I beat you today. That's what you got to do. You can't win the war, but you can win the battle. You can win the battle in your life. You can become an overcomer. You can become a Christ child. You can become a winner in life. Oh, I'm preaching to a church today. I'm telling you, you don't need to be a hesitant warrior. You need to be a winning warrior. Some of you, you know, you've got this thing about pretty women. One of them walks by, and you say, "Mmm, God, you did good there." <laughs> but today, you're going to go to war with a battle, and you're not going to look today. You're going to turn your head, and you're going to let your eyes bounce. You're going to let it walk by. Because if you start looking at that one, you hear me, a 10, a 2 will start looking like a 10 if you look long enough. You understand that, man? I'm just preaching to you right now. Go to battle. Go to battle with your thoughts and your processes. This pornography thing's got to get handled, guys. Can I preach a little bit? you got to go to war. you got to go to battle against it. you got to say, no, 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 no. It's not going to happen anymore. I'm going to have strength for today to win the battle today. And if I win this battle, I just might. I just might win a war in my life. I can overcome. I can overcome. And tonight when you take your girlfriend home, And you usually do the usual thing that you usually do on a usual night. You're going to shake her hand and give her a little peck on the cheek and say, not tonight. We're going to have some purity. We're going to start turning some corners in our life. All right. If your family doesn't resemble anything like Christianity at all, Dad, you're going to get on your knees and you're going to, even if it's for two minutes, you're going to say, God bless our family tonight. Because you're going to go to war by fighting the battle. Can I preach a little bit longer? Give me two more minutes and I'll let you go. Dad, you got that 14-year-old girl and she's not doing right. And you just kind of threw your hand at it and said, it's never going to work out. It's never going to be fixed. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. It's going to be fixed. Because when you train them up in the way they should go, when they're old, they will not depart. And you go to battle. You go to battle. You may not be, you might be able to win the war today, but you go to battle. You start fighting the good fight of faith. And when you get weak, God's going to step in and make you strong because that's how God does it. That's how God does it. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 said, God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and by His goodness. Say, His divine power has given us everything we need. So everybody say, I believe that. I believe that. Go in the strength you have. Some of you saying, I don't know. I just don't know. Gideon had 32,000 men. I need somebody to help me on the piano. He said, God, that's not enough. God said, yeah, that's not enough. What did he do? He took 22,000 away and left him with 10,000. And Gideon said, God, you took a bunch of them away. I only have 10,000 men. I know that's not enough. And God said, no, it's not enough. (laughs) And he took 9,700 more away. He got down to 300 and Gideon said, God, it's impossible. That'll never, ever, ever, ever work. And God said, no, that's exactly enough. Because when you get down to the fact that all you have left is a relationship with Jesus Christ, it is I close with this, and I'm going to have you stand in just a moment. You know what the warrior's greatest fear is? Failure. You know what his greatest pain is? Regret. My brother took his life when he was 45 years old. I called him one day from a revival in Baytown, Texas in 1973. Because we thought the Lord was coming. Anybody remember those days when the 100-hour war or whatever? And I called him. I said, Ed, why don't you get on your knee and just tell God that you've messed up in life. and Get it back together, buddy. Here's Here's what he said. I've gone too far, brother. I've gone too far. And I just can't get back to where I was. We didn't talk much after that. We would share. He would ask me every now and then, when it was just he and I, about revivals, about the church. But he lived a life of regret because his fear of failure was greater than his faith in God and he hesitated to a point where he didn't make a move at all in his life I will tell you this with no uncertainty it's he that should be pastoring this church today and not me because he was such a great speaker such an avid communicator he had such a powerful person about himself. And I was always just a little brother. I'm wearing clothes today that I shouldn't wear. I'm sleeping in a house I shouldn't sleep in. I'm driving a car I shouldn't drive. I'm being blessed by a church that I probably should never have had. I should have been his right hand. I should have been a man that supported his ministry but he hesitated and God God allowed a Jacob to wear the birthright that Esau should have had I shouldn't be here this shouldn't be me today but somehow somehow I got got a grip on it I refuse to be hesitant I don't always have a a calmness in my soul I still have a fear of failure sometime in my life but I'm not going to sit here and just hesitate I'm not going to sit here and just say I can't do anything I can't do something for the kingdom of God I can't be counted on I can't make a difference I can't make a difference in this life I can't change a few people I can't be him but I can change some people Thank you for listening to the Christian Life Austin podcast. For more information, please visit clcaustin.com.